Welcome to MBA Podcaster, the only broadcast source for cutting-edge information and advice on the MBA application process. I'm Janet Nakano. A recent study by the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration found that more than 40% of the world's oceans are, quote, heavily impacted by human activities, such as overfishing and pollution. The summer of 2007 was a year of record-breaking loss of Arctic sea ice. The growing awareness of pollution, global warming, and rising sea levels is creating a stir in business education. Green courses have been added to curriculums, and sustainable development programs are rising in popularity. Join us as we explore how schools are reacting to the environmental crises, the new opportunities created by the green movement, and how MBAs are leading the way for change on campuses. This show was co-produced with Hawaii Pacific University's Masters of Arts in Global Leadership and Sustainable Development program located in Honolulu, Hawaii. The environment has a dominant presence in the news these days, from dwindling rainforests, pollution, and climate change. And rightfully so, says Art Watley. He's a professor of organizational change and program chair for the Global Leadership and Sustainable Development Program at Hawaii Pacific University. We are consuming resources at such a prodigious rate that it would take six Earths to uh, sustain our way of life. And the planet as a whole is consuming 1.3 Earths. In other words, all of humanity is consuming more resources than the planet is capable of producing. Depending on who you read, people are pointing out 10 years, 15 years before we see a perfect storm of sorts of environmental uh, crises erupting around the world. And global warming, of course, we can begin to moderate the effects, but global warming is definitely happening. We cannot stop it at this point. We point the finger at China and India and other developing countries as being the major causes of pollution. But on the other hand, just recently, China has pointed the finger back at the United States and said, and I think rightly so, that you're 5% of the world's population consuming 25% of the world's resources, creating 25 to 30% of the CO2 going into the atmosphere. And you've been the source of pollution and environmental degradation for over 100 years as you've industrialized much longer than, than we have. And so the Chinese have a very valid point. So it, it's quite controversial. You know, on the one hand, we in the developed world like to put forth a model for the developing world to follow. And that is a model of consumerism and unlimited growth. And the Chinese are trying to do that. And mistakenly, in my opinion, and the Indians are as well. So 40% of humanity is trying to become like the United States and Western Europe, and it is not possible. The state of the environment is profoundly impacting public consciousness, as well as education, says Nicola Aikett, Director of Curriculum Development and Faculty Coordination at the Presidio School of Management. So we've seen sustainability move from the fringe to the mainstream, and, and I'm sure your listeners are, are, have all seen the avalanche of media coverage in the last couple of years, from Al Gore's movie to 
shows like Oprah and Martha Stewart having green shows and, you know, Time magazine's cover on global warming. At the Presidio, we're enrolling around 50 students a semester from every sector of business, government, and civil society. And when we started in 2003, the Presidio was really a pioneer in this field. And at the time, there were only two other programs in the country that offered an MBA that integrated sustainability into their curriculum. But now, you know, 2008, there are at least a dozen other specialized programs offering an MBA in sustainability. But what we're seeing also is traditional MBA programs adding courses in sustainability. The rise in environmentally focused courses at business schools is due in part to the efforts of members of Net Impact, a network of professionals and MBAs striving for environmental change. Liz Ma is Net Impact's executive director. She says their members organize educational events on campuses as well as action-oriented initiatives. For example, we run a campus greening initiative where we're supporting students to try to use their business skills to make their university campuses more sustainable. And we've seen students do everything from make a business case to their printing operations office of their business school to double-side print instead of one-side print on the school printers, or in addition to make a case for green building, which can be more expensive in the short term, but over the longer term can save the university money. Another initiative that students work on um, and that we work on with them is curriculum change. We've seen a ton of progress in the past several years with new courses being offered that include social and environmental issues, and some schools also trying to integrate social and environmental topics into the core or required curriculum. But there's still a lot more to do, and students are a key stakeholder and key voice for change. Yale offers a joint degree program combining an MBA from the School of Management with a master's from the School of Forestry and Environmental Studies. Brian Garcia is Yale's program director for the Center for Business and the Environment. He says he's seen more students taking green courses over the past few years. But even students that aren't necessarily interested in the environment still learn about it indirectly. We've actually got a a new uh, curriculum that provides the opportunity for students to uh, engage in up-to-date case studies. And we had a case study that students at the business school worked on uh, that focused on Suslon, a wind turbine company. And the focus of the case was where does uh, Suslon locate its manufacturing facilities uh, given this list of eight different countries. Now, the exciting thing about the case is, you know, of course, you're talking about a technology that's good for uh, global climate change in terms of reducing greenhouse gas emissions. But what excited me about observing that case was the fact that here you had students talking about the business case of a company. The issue of the environment uh, is secondary. Uh, does it make good business sense for us to locate our company in country X versus country Y? Uh, you know, the environment doesn't always have to be the leading issue. The leading issue for businesses is obviously the bottom line and shareholders. So if we can make successful businesses in these environmental markets, then the environment should benefit from that as well as uh, our shareholders. Irvin Hudelist is president of Hagadome Printing Company and is a recent graduate of Hawaii Pacific University's Master's in Global Leadership and Sustainable Development Program. Hudalist is a driving force behind the company's commitment to being environmentally responsible. He's implemented a number of green initiatives and says being green actually increased his bottom line. 
I'm not a real tree hugger, you know. I'm more a business kind of guy, and it got to make financial sense. And when you start out, you know, with those sustainability efforts, the first simple thing, of course, is paper recycling. It's so obvious. You can change, you know, your workflow and get your people involved, you know. I mean, the word team is so abused and rarely used, you know, in our country. But if you truly, you know, implement teams, you know, in, in, a, in an organization, and, and you get this idea of sustainability down to the uh, grassroots, it, it's amazing what's happening in an organization. See, I'll I give you an example. In, our, in the printing industry, the average error rate in the printing industry is 3.5%. We here, you know, without management, as I'm not talking top-down, we are right now at 0.7% without changing anything. And then, uh, this is what I like about the whole sustainability aspect. It's not just environment. It's not just recycling. It's, this is the whole between the, the, the social uh, factors of an organization and the environmental factors. Some of Hagedone Printing Company's other green efforts include eliminating toxic chemicals and materials in the printing process. The company has implemented a paperback program where they'll recycle your unwanted paper and even pick it up for you. Again, Hoodalist. The true price of a product harvested not with environmental consciousness is actually much more expensive in the long run. Because you know, we don't pay for reforestation, we don't pay for, for uh, landslides because people just chop off trees without thinking. This is not in the cost of the final product. It, it will be down the road. Because some, somebody got to pick up the bill. But you know, there is a, a very fast-growing group of people out there who really understand and really care. We are just became certified with the Forest Stewardship Council. It's a beautiful program because we buy the paper from paper companies which buy the pulp from renewable resources. That means if you print with me whatever is a magazine or whatever you want to print, on your invoice you would actually get a number on this invoice and this number you can enter into a, a database on the Internet and you would know exactly where your trees came from for this paper. This allows us to be very careful where we buy our, our paper from because, you know, I mean, the Amazon, you know, and, and the deforestation in Indonesia, this is, a majority of this is for pipe production because certain paper mills or certain pipe manufacturers buy as cheap as they can and we don't want to participate. Like Hagedome Printing, large corporations are also paying attention to environmental issues and benefiting financially from it. Again, Art Watley. Historically, the relationship between environmentalists, for example, and corporate leaders has been an adversarial relationship, a conflict-based relationship, with a lot of finger-pointing going on on both sides. That is changing to become a relationship more characterized by partnership where corporations are using concepts out of the sustainable development movement to change their business practices. The rise in jobs and corporate social responsibility, or CSR, is evidence that companies are interested in their environmental impact. Liz Ma says according to one of their studies, CSR postings increased by 37% each year over the past few years. We've seen an interest in more and more of our corporate partners to 
try to educate all students on corporate and environmental issues because they want all of their employees to work with these topics. As you could imagine, if you work in CSR in a company, you're unable to really make a difference unless you've got lots of allies in operations and marketing and management and finance. So the answer is not just to have one department, but to have everyone buy into these topics. And that's what we've seen from the corporate partners we work with. Not only are we seeing CSR positions on the rise, but the green industry is creating new opportunities in a variety of fields. Nicola Akut. A recent publication of Forbes magazine put the green industry at around $265 billion dollars employing over 1.6 million people, and that was in 2005. And we've seen a growth rate of about 5% annually in this sector. So, so really what we're seeing is this constellation of new opportunities and, and new careers really being created. Some of the hot areas include sectors like climate change risk management and carbon trading. In fact, the carbon trading market doubled to $28 billion from 2005 to 2006, and we have several graduates from the Presidio program who, who are working in the sector. For example, student Jason Smith is now vice president of, of Climate Check, which is a greenhouse gas management and consulting group. So that's one really hot area in terms of business growth. Another one that I would point to is green building and development. And it's interesting to note that that industry is worth over $12 billion, and 10 years ago it, it was almost unquantifiable, pretty much didn't exist. And a third area is, is energy conservation, energy efficiency products, and renewable uh, energy markets. So those are three, but they're, they're numerous, from financial services to organic produce and green consumer products, the environmental services sector, social entrepreneurship, uh, tourism, and event management. Uh, at the same time as sort of an environmental twist or a sustainability twist on old professions like law and journalism. In fact, we have one of our students from the Presidio, Simran Seti, who transitioned from a career uh, as a host for MTV Asia to now hosting the Green Lifestyle program on the Sundance Channel and becoming the environmental correspondent for NBC News. Just last week at the Presidio, we hosted Firm Night for, for 30 companies looking to hire green MBAs. And Walmart, for example, flew out their recruiters from Bentonville, Arkansas, to San Francisco to look at MBAs in this, in this area. And other companies in this, uh, that attended our firm night were large companies like The Gap and Williams-Sonoma and Sun Microsystems. Um, and in fact, this, this issue of recruiting led two of our recent graduates to actually launch a recruiting firm focused on sustainability, so really helping bridge that market between needs that companies have and placing the right people in the right position. Graduates from the master's program at Hawaii Pacific University have gone on to work on green committees at places like the Pebble Beach Company. Others work in fair trade coffee, sustainability research at NGOs, or continued on to a PhD in sustainable development. This growing trend of organizations seeing opportunities in the green space may present a challenge, says Brian Garcia. The question is, will there be enough qualified candidates to fill the demand? These programs in business and the environment uh, are growing. We are one of several, uh, and there are a variety of others that are now recognizing and developing programs to support students in this area. But I think for the 
the near future, we will probably see you know a supply demand imbalance in terms of the number of students graduating here and the need for companies uh, to hire employees, specifically uh, in the sector of startup companies. One of the things that we see here is is pretty significant growth of startup ventures in the clean technology sector, as an example, whether they are uh, wind development companies, uh, solar photovoltaic companies. Uh, we see tremendous growth. And what that is asking for then is what's the, the workforce going to look like as you begin to ramp up your early stage investments into more commercial uh, operational businesses. And you know, when we look at uh, corporations. One of the interesting trends that we've seen here recently has actually been requests for summer interns that actually have this business uh, environment background to them. Hagadome Printing Company is one organization that offers an internship through Hawaii Pacific University's sustainability program. Irvin Hudelist says he hired the current full-time sustainability coordinator from the internship program. She's doing lots of research you know, about our own vendors because we want to make sure that those people we work with are also environmental conscious and serious people. You know, we have an outfit in, in China, and before we work with anyone in China, you know, I actually fly there and make sure that they are so semi-clean, and, and this is how we base our decisions with whom to work with. An example maybe is, you know, we just purchased a new printing press. It's a digital press. It's it's basically a newer kind of reproduction. And before we bought this press, she did lots of research to find out if all those materials we use in the equipment are environmental conscious, if they are recyclable, you know, how was the energy use, are there any VOCs? And based you know, on the findings, we make a decision and pick a certain vendor to uh, buy this piece of equipment. This organizational change efforts, it is a very serious part of the business. And, and in order to be serious about it, you've got to have some really concentrated you know, on this issue alone. The, the task of implementing anything sustainable in forms of systems is very simple. I mean, you can install, you know, like we don't have any more bottled water in the company. I mean, we, we have water filters put into all our water fountains or we, we don't have any styrofoam cups or whatever it is. And all those little things take coordination because you can so easily install or implement anything, but it falls apart very fast if you don't control it. And that's what her efforts are all about. Though there have been improvements made on the environmental front over the past few years, Still, Art Watley says there needs to be a radical shift in the economic model that's currently unsustainable. We can measure what nature is producing for human consumption. And we can even put a dollar value on it. For example, we have estimates that nature provides the human community about $35 trillion worth of goods and services every year. And so we rapidly consume that. But the problem now is that we have begun to eat into natural capital. So we're not only consuming the interest that nature provides us, but we're eating into the capital as well, which means for next year, then nature's services will be less, and the year after that, less even more. Another way of looking at it is that science is telling us that the major life support systems on the planet Freshwater, croplands, where we raise our foods, rangelands, where we grow our animal products, forests, and uh, their ocean resources, reefs, mangoes, swamps, and fisheries. All of those life support systems are in decline. 
So we cannot continue this sort of economic activity that we humans have engaged in for much longer. Learn more about Hawaii Pacific University's Masters of Arts in Global Leadership and Sustainable Development program at hpu.edu forward slash magl. For more information, advice, and to register for your weekly MBA podcast, visit mbapodcaster.com. I'm Janet Nakano for MBA Podcaster. Join us next time on another topic to help you on your MBA application process and life beyond. Thanks for joining us.